0: The, the church had its beginning, we know, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Uh, it was probably early in that day that, that the apostles had gathered together. It was earlier in, in that week, or just a few days before, where Jesus told them, hey, go wait in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. You imagine they're already excited. They, they, they were at the probably the lowest of lows when they saw their Savior, uh, Jesus, their rabbi, Crucified upon the cross, and then to have him rise from the dead, and, and the, spending all that time with him, and then early part of Acts he he ascends into heaven. But that message was with him: "Hey, go wait in Jerusalem." So they had been anticipating, waiting, praying, and on that mor- uh, on that day, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them like tongues of fire. They began to speak in in languages of all the people who had gathered together for that. Pentecost celebration, the first fruits, um, and and uh, uh, it caused quite a commotion, and we know crowds came together to hear what was going on, and it was Peter who stood up to explain. He said, well, we're not drunk. That's what he started with. Oh, hey, we're not drunk. It's not that out time of the day and, and things like that. But really, the topic he gets into was not about the wonders they've seen, which is exactly what happens throughout all the miracles. It, miracles actually pointed the direction to, hey, the significance of Jesus. Throughout, it's always pointing to the direction of Jesus. Peter has the opportunity to talk about all kinds of neat things concerning Jesus. Oh, you know, the one who performed great miracles in front of you. Uh, here is the one who is going to enable the the fulfillment of God's prophecy that David's throne is going to be established forever, and uh, uh, God has raised him from di- the, from from dead, from being dead, and and. Now, he he makes this comment, he says, this uh, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ, and Luke says immediately after that, that the people who were hearing it were cut to the heart. He says, well, whom you crucified. I I don't know what part that this great multitude that came together, I, I had to think about that a little bit. Uh, how were they personally involved in the crucifixion? Maybe they were amongst those who were paid. You know, there were people who were paid to to give false testimony at the mock trial. And there was people who were paid to shout out for Barabbas uh, there before uh, Pilate, and then there were uh, those who mocked Jesus at the cross. Maybe some of those that were there were uh, part of the mocking. Maybe they were. Uh, from the Sanhedrin, I I don't know that it, their guilt might have been there because hey they celebrated his entrance earlier in that week to his his coming in and celebrating him oh hosanna in the highest and, and then when it came to oh they're having a trial oh they're getting ready to crucify him and they did nothing you know there's there's guilt when you know what to do or you see something you should do and you don't do it have you experienced that guilt I should have stepped forward. I, I don't know what, but, but Luke makes it really clear that they were cut to the heart when they heard that, that this Jesus whom you crucified, uh, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Here's the Messiah. We've been anticipating. What did we do? We killed him. And so they, they fell under great conviction. And, and their, Peter's, uh, actually, their response to, to being under such conviction was, hey, what do we need to do? What shall we do? And so in verse 38, that's our text today, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This morning, my focus is going to be on that that baptism. Uh, Earlier in this month, we started this uh, series on, uh, oh, good grief, uh, life after death, life after death. And, and we, we wanted to, to bring up baptism here. It wasn't long ago that we talked about really the significance of communion. Uh, another command that's laid out, communion, something we followed as established by Jesus. Uh, baptism is also another uh, uh, part of that that we observe. And, and uh, want to understand its importance it, it was a couple thousand years after the beginning of the church that I was sitting in a Sunday school class for elementary kids, I couldn't tell you what grade I was in I had to do some real thinking when it came to my baptism but it was in a Sunday school class where we had a teacher and me and a friend whose name was Michael Jackson, I kid you not Michael Jackson and I were in a Sunday school class together woohoo! Uh, no not that Michael Jackson, okay? But, but if you want to say, well, here, uh, w- in that class that morning, uh, it was focused upon forgiveness. And, and I'm, I cannot remember the lesson. I, I, it had everything to do about the gospel message presented to us. It was an explanation of what repentance meant, what it meant to, to repent of your sinfulness, and a description of, of baptism. And, and by the end, the time the class was over, uh, Michael Jackson and I uh, made the decision. Hey, we we want that. We we want that forgiveness through Jesus, and and we want that uh, that baptism. And so we were a small congregation, very small congregation. So that afternoon, we went to a, a church. That afternoon, matter of fact, the church we went to is only a matter of a few blocks from where Travis and Brady are planting the church. Just Offshoot note, uh, and and uh, uh, so we were there to be, and, and we were there for the baptism, and I remembered this one thing, this pretty clearly, that I was standing uh, at the baptistry, the steps going down to the baptistry were right in front of me, and I, I wondered, you know, first of all, I thought, well, why do I have all this time to stand and, and look at the water and, and think of some things. I think the preacher was talking. You know us preachers. And so I think he was addressing the, those who came to witness the Baptist, baptism. So I was standing there. And all I could, I remember thinking, I want to be right. I, I just remember, I want to be right in this. I want to be right with Jesus. I, I, I want to receive that forgiveness. And so those are the things that I was thinking. You, you were baptized. And, and, and I know that I, I even experienced that with some of you. Because I had the opportunity to, to do the baptizing, right, Donna? And, and so, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what you were thinking, but, but you can think back to that. Uh, from, from the time that I was baptized to today, I've learned a lot. I've, have you left it? I mean, uh, from the time you baptized, you say, man, I have been learning so much. I've even had some people say, I've learned so much more now, should I be baptized? Because I understand it so much more clearly. And I go, no, no, uh, you know, we kind of go through, well, what did you know? And understanding, you know, it's that being connected to Christ and, and repenting and, and some of those details laid out. I say, oh, no, but, but that's naturally what happens. We, we learn so much more. There's a significance to, to baptism. There's, there's some things that I think it's important for us to, to, to remember. It's not, and it's not about traditions, Uh, Robert said it very clearly, it's it's about what God's Word says. And so we want to focus on some important details behind that. So uh, the first significant truth I want to share with you concerning baptism this morning is first of all that baptism identifies our rebirth through Jesus. Baptism identifies our rebirth through Jesus. We talked about regeneration here recently, I think it was last week. The, the coming of the Spirit. But, but that regeneration, we mentioned Nicodemus. I'd like to mention him again. Uh, Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Again, he came to Jesus. This religious leader came to Jesus. And almost immediately, what Jesus says to him, he said, If a man wants to see the kingdom of God, he must be born again. John chapter 3. If a man wants to see the kingdom, he must be born again. And, and of course, Nicodemus, I love this, is, is rather confused by that. He's thinking, how is that possible? Oh, my dear mom, I think. Is, it's just not possible. You, mom can't take that. And, uh, so he went back to thinking that way. But Jesus said, you know, well, actually, commented, so you should be more aware of what, what we're talking about here. But he goes on to say, unless uh, he is born of, of water and the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So water and spirit has everything to do with, with being born again. And I think it has that connection, connection partly to this baptism that we're a part of. Water and spirit represent uh, that regeneration that's needed. Baptism plays that part in us living that life after death. It's, it's part of the beginnings of that. It's a new heart and, and then we receive a new spirit. Now, I, I, I especially wanted to go Nicodemus because I think there's some, some similarities there we, we want to think about. You see, in a, spirit, in a physical birth, there's more involved than just the day of delivery, right? Do, do you all know that? There's more involved than, oh, the baby's here uh, and, and, and all the delivery, proceedings of the delivery. I mean, uh, in a physical sense, there is, it's necessary that there's fertilization of the egg, if you want me to go into it. Uh, so, so it's the fertilization and then something called the implantation where the egg moves and it's planted where the baby is now going to grow. So there's more than just the day of delivery. You're with me now? Please. Are you with me now? I don't want to go into any more explanation. That's as far as I want to go with that. Okay. So you're with me. There's so much more than just the day of delivery. Okay. Then you're with me. Okay. Uh, there's, there's also more involved in the spiritual birth. There's, there's more involved in the spiritual birth. Uh, it begins with belief, right? You, you, you hear the message and, and there's that beginnings of belief and that moves on to faith, which is, which is putting that belief into action, and which then leads to, to that repentance, identifying my sinfulness and his righteousness, and repenting of my sinfulness. And baptism is also part of that. So, so it's, it, it really is a, a process that we're involved in. And each part of that is is part of our action in this. Our action, our activity of believing, our activity of, of having a faith and repenting and baptism. That's all part of our response. But God also promises to respond in, in that process. He, he promises to respond. He's already responding through the conviction through His Holy Spirit. He's already involved. But... But in, in, even in this verse that we read, uh, 238, what does he give? He promises to forgive. He promises to impart to us or to give to us this gift of his Holy Spirit. See, God responds. There's that part of our responding. And it all ends up in, in that rebirth and within our lives. Now, the method in the method, part of, of what we play up here in the baptism, a couple important parts uh, I, I want to share with you. When if, Number one is what is said. Uh, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you look it up, Matthew 28 is uh, out of Matthew ch- chapter 28. Uh, the the uh, Great Commission is laid out. Hey, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, one of the practices that, that I've done and, and many before me have done is to, to, to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Another thing that's important is that baptism means immersion, it means going completely under the water. That's why we have a, a tank of water that's, you know, from, from about where I'm standing up to here. You know, it's, it's full of water so that, you know, you know that we could be completely immersed. How, how we do that method. Method-wise, is real simple. Usually, we're standing up there, and you've seen it. Put a hand in the back, and, and usually I tell them to take your nose because the first time I baptize someone, it's real awkward, but I took their nose, and they laughed for some reason. And so, so now I've asked people, you take your own nose, and I'm going to take your wrist. So anyway, so I, you know, just, just lean back, and, and I, I do the baptizing and, and bring them up out of the water. I've seen at camp where they're actually sitting uh, on on the seat of of like a horse tank full of water. And and they, you know, kneel next to it and and baptize. We baptized uh, Carlton Bullock, who was a uh, paraplegic. Put him in a harness, went to a pool, uh, laid him in. And that man, no matter how big he is, he floated. And so he needed both of us to, Daryl Boston, who was a minister at the time, and myself. And we had to every part of him immerse him. Just because that's what the term baptism means. And it makes sense when we think about that this is us partaking in the burial of Jesus. So, so that, that's just a part. And the reason I want to say those things to you is because we're okay that if a parent who, who is discipling, bringing up their kids in a household of faith... Uh, that, that the child wants to be baptized by mom or by mom or dad, woohoo yes, or if you 're discipling someone and you 're sharing Jesus with someone and they come to know the Lord and, and God has used you for that, yeah, I want you to baptize. I hope you have that opportunity in and, 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 and being a disciple to someone else that you have the opportunity we 've had several people up here, so some of you are familiar with that uh, do the baptizing I am not a, i don 't have a uh, a certificate in my office that says only Ronnie could do the uh, baptizing. I have this certificate, went to school just so I could learn how to baptize people. That's not true at all. But we believe that, that you ought to have a part of the joy of that, baptizing someone. A uh, second, uh, first, again, first of all, baptism identifies our rebirth through Jesus. A uh, second, baptism unites believers into a divine community. It brings us into a divine community. Again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, God plays a part in this baptism. And, and, and throughout Acts, we always see them asking, Were you baptized into Jesus? And, and definitely, Jesus is a focus of this baptism because without it, we have no understanding of what it means to be. Who are we bur- buried into and in, in new life? Because it is a reflection of the death and resurrection of Jesus, correct? It is a reflection of the death and, and resurrection of Jesus. I'll read a, a passage just to focus on that. But also the father, the father who we've been separated from, we now have an a, uh, uh, opportunity to be, to be in a right relationship with him. Uh, as symbolized in the beginnings of, of that regeneration that's taking place in our life, we now have a right relationship with God. And and also in those beginnings, now the Holy Spirit is that advocate, that helper, that counselor, who who is that that, that, that one who stands with us in this life. That we are now living in Jesus. So there's a significance in uh, in the, in those words we speak. That's part of that divine community that we become a part of. But also, we become a part of a community of believers. Kingdom. Church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who have identified uh, and, and, and received Jesus as well. And who have the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. We are united. Hey, we're family. We're family. That's why we always talk about, man... How important it is to love one another, to be able to forgive one another, uh, to to encourage one another, even to correct one another. We have a responsibility to family. So baptism unites believers into a divine community. Third, baptism marks the beginning of the believer's transformation. It marks the beginning uh, of a believer's transformation. Uh, again, we, we think about the new life in Christ. Paul probably said this well, and we've already used uh, Romans chapter 6. But in Romans chapter 6, he reminds them, he says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Okay, so again, just to, to, to be clear, in baptism we see that immersion as you having the opportunity to accept Jesus' death as your own. And you are being buried with Jesus. You are being buried. Actually, your man of sin, your sinfulness is being buried. And then a new person is being raised to this life in Jesus Christ. That's, that's what takes place in, in baptism. Now, verse 11, again, we've, we've used this for our theme to identify this life after death. That, that we count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to Christ Jesus. Alive to God through Christ Jesus. That's, that's this idea of uh, life after death. That's the lives we live now. Those of us who've received Christ and, and living for him today. Paul also identifies, I, I wanted to bring this up because it's one of those valuable verses. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 where he talks about, hey, uh, this baptism is, is like putting, putting on clothes. <laughs> we're actually being clothed in Christ. He says, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now, the, see, I've, I've quoted this before. But I don't know whether I've ever talked about that in the within its context. It's out of the book of Galatians, and so what he's what he. Let's think of it this way: within the context, he's talking about the life you've been living apart from Christ. You know the clothing you've been wearing. Well, we could either say it's the law. If I've tried to conduct myself towards God, I might be living clothed in the law. Which, whether you were pursuing God or not, what you're being clothed in is condemnation. (laughs) Because you're unable to fulfill the law, then all you have living every day is, because of your sinfulness, you're living that condemnation. That's the life you were living. But then Paul points out, he says, hey, listen, today you are clothed in Christ. You're living His righteousness. Uh, wow that's that's a wonderful perspective between the two you, we know what it is to be condemned we need to always we know what it is to be guilty of our sinfulness or in other things when we're wrong we're wrong and and in our sins we are wrong we're separated from god but he says because of jesus and and this process in in that baptism we are actually clothing ourselves in christ and and that that's not just for that day that's Because a decision has been made, and we're living our lives with Jesus covering us. His righteousness. Hey, that's the celebration of what Jesus has done, isn't it? Are you with me? That's that's how you conduct your life. You are clothed in Jesus. His covering. That that, that is a celebration of what we have in Jesus Christ. That's for us who are living for him every day. And and one last point I want to make this morning. This this is a significant point of what baptism is to us. And, and, And I want to make this clear. Baptism glorifies God. It's a simple point. Of course, well, yeah, baptism glorifies God. But, but what I've seen a lot of times when we baptize, this celebration goes on. We are so thrilled about your decision. We're excited for that individual, which is right. I mean, th- there's nothing, no problem with that at all. But do we understand what what, what is being revealed to us when this is taking place? It, it, is, a, it is a remembering, not just a remembering, but a, a reenactment, accomplishing of what God has intended in that person's life. Uh, 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 Again, God's grace is at work and is being displayed for us. So, So the glory is going to God. It is a celebration of his continued work. We can't miss that. I've seen it sometimes with a child. Man, we're so glad. Let's go out to eat. And And that's fine. That's wonderful. Don't miss the opportunity to say, God is doing it again. He continues to roll out his grace and mercy. He continues to perform this wonderful work over the hearts and lives of us, of people we know. And it is worth celebrating. Don't miss that. I, I'm appreciating more and more your celebration at the baptism. And I think you have that connected. A of years ago, I was a part of a church, and, and it was dead. It was dead. Uh, uh, we had no life. We, we actually witnessed someone be baptized before, and it was just, we cut into a song, and then it was just kind of still solemn here. And, and so there were some things happening amongst some of us in the church. We were, started praying together. We saw a young man, a teenager, uh, baptized, who just, man, just wanted to know the Lord, and he pursued us. And so we sat down and talked to him about what gospel is, and he was baptized one Sunday. And, and a spontaneous response was we celebrated. Woo! Yay! We were so thrilled about what had happened and what God was doing in this young man. And, and uh, uh, it was like uh, a couple weeks later, somebody else followed through and, and they were baptized. And, and before we did, one of the elders got up and said, I want you all to know that this is a solemn time. And, uh, you, you know, please keep your celebration down. I thought, are you serious? It was, it was the most wicked thing I've ever heard. Suppress any kind of praise that you have Suppress any kind of celebration. You all be quiet while we go through this ceremony. And we watched the ceremony. Guess what? Well, we were kind of rebellious. Uh, but we, we celebrated again. We cheered and, and rejoiced over the fact that, that someone had received Christ, yes. But we celebrated the fact that, that God's work continues to be reenacted in people's hearts and lives. If we're not celebrating that, then I wonder what we're doing during the week when we're running into people who need to know Jesus. Oh, man, how much I would celebrate if they would only come to know Jesus. Oh, God, work on their heart. Are you with you understand what I'm saying? Say, Man, if we know what we're celebrating, we, we, want more, we want to celebrate more and more of God's work. And we want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of it. I want to talk to someone about the significance of Jesus. In my life, I I tell you honestly, man, aren't you different today because of Jesus? Aren't you different? Is there not a present joy in your life, even through the difficulties? A a joy that, man, I might be having a hard, stinky day, but God is good. Amen? Amen. See, there is a difference in a life when, when he has changed my heart. When he has placed his spirit upon me, I have a different reason for, for every day. And we do too. Part is this, this, this beginnings, this celebration of, of, of baptism. And, and let me go through just, uh, uh, just the, the key things again just to remind you that you've written them. You've probably written them down. But baptism identifies our rebirth through Jesus it's that regeneration and, and which includes every part of that. What God is doing is beginning in belief and faith and, and repentance and, and baptism, we might even say baptism is that, that, that uh, day of delivery. Uh, baptism unites believers into a divine community. We're united into Father Son and Holy Spirit, united into Jesus, in, in a right relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit given to us to guide us and living in us baptism marks the beginning of the believers transformation it again it marks the beginning like i said before you know really transformation begins with believing it's god's already starting to work as we believe but boy that that great identifying factor that mark is is in that baptism baptism glorifies god able to be witnesses of what god is doing in in someone's life and that's what we're celebrating. I want to close with this. Martin Luther uh, wrote concerning baptism. And, you know, we always think of it, boy, wonderful thing. But he said it in different terms. I want to leave this thought with you. He says, your baptism is nothing less than grace clutching you by the throat. <laughs> A graceful throttling, which is choking. By which your sin is submerged in order that ye may remain under grace. Come this to thy baptism. Give thyself up to, to be drowned in baptism and killed by the mercy of thy dear God, saying, Drown me and throttle me, dear Lord, for henceforth I will gladly die to sin with my son, with thy son. Again, we're talking about life after death. That's, that's the life we live today. No longer covered and burdened by our sinfulness, but covered in that righteousness. Oh, man, that's, we're celebrating, rejoicing. Hey, that's worth living for him every day. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you that you are our God. Oh Lord, to know the beauty of every day, that that's your creation to Father, even to that point that, that uh, knowing that the sinfulness, the brokenness of this world, that you have re- given us opportunity to, to, to see what it is to be recreated in you. And it required the, the blood and the death of your Son and the resurrection. In that we celebrate and we rejoice. That there is a salvation available to us all through Jesus. Lord, may that continue to make a difference in us every day. To living for Jesus and not the things of this world. God, direct us, guide us, and and help us, Father to be concerned about those around us who need Jesus as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.